No, no. All right. I'm gonna trade you two sheep for that wood Tell me, honey, does that sound good? Cause all I really wanna do Is take away longest road from you, yeah Welcome to these tabletop sessions Welcome to the, welcome to the, welcome to these tabletop sessions Hello fellow gregarious geeks and gamers. Welcome to the 28th episode of the Tabletop Sessions podcast, where we talk about all things tabletop related that have been occupying the hearts and minds of this international group of gamers over the course of the last three weeks. My name is Elias, and with me this week, four weirdo podcasters walk into a bar and meet a Canadian swordsman who's fond of gaming and history. Shenanigans ensue. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Dima here. Hi guys, Ipo. This is Barn. And this is Arseni coming to you live from Canada. Whoa, who's that? <laughs> how, how did you get in on the Zoom meeting? I've heard stories about how they hack Zoom meet. <laughs> That's right. Oh. oh my God, is that a penis? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, obviously you are not familiar with the fifth voice coming today. This is Arseni. He is from Canada, but he did used to be part of Tabletop Sessions when he lived in Qatar, and he was part of the group, and um, we wanted to bring him on, just get a fresh perspective on things, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Arsene? Hi, fellow listeners. Uh, so I am uh, Canadian, uh, but I lived in Qatar for a couple of years where I met all these lovely folks. Um I've enjoyed board games long before I met them, and uh, they've taught me quite a few new board games, uh, for which I am eternally grateful. And I've been a long-time listener of the podcast uh, all the way since uh, you know very first episode, never missing never missing a, an episode. Yeah, Woo-hoo, Sunny's the yeah. best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> biggest fan. A lo- yeah. long-time it's listener, first time first time uh, caller. First time caller. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny that Arseni says we introduced him to a bunch of stuff because I remember one of the first games I played with Arseni. I remember I lost my shit. Right? Because like, yes. that happens like that is so surprising. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really? What What happened was I I tried to shush you, and I am still. Oh, embarrassed. I don't like that. Yeah, and I'm, I am. I am still embarrassed to this day, and I think it was a game of Santorini. Uh, I remember we played Santorini <laughs> that day. Oh, no. So I think it wasn't Santorini. It wasn't even it was worth it. No, let me, okay, look. Um, <laughs> if you don't know me and you come into the thing, you have like a one in five chance that I'm going to scream at some point. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure Arsenio at that point walked away being like, this guy's a complete dick. And after many years and listening to the podcast, I'm pretty sure he's felt like he was completely right in his first time. <laughs> I, I do want to point out that there are five people here right now. So the chances of Elliot screaming at one of us is very high. <laughs> very high. Very high, yes. And I do scream at myself quite often. So I am one of the five. <laughs> Look, um, um, I came back for your lovely dogs. Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're worth it. Yeah, there was no other reason. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. Understandable. (laughs) We've lost a lot of people that way. (laughs) It's it's like a trial thing. Like, either you come back and then we become really good friends, 
or you don't come back and you accept the fact that I'm a rough person to be. <laughs> well, I think Byron told Chez and Harriet like the first week we met them or something like that. Elias will yell at you at some point, and if he does, just know it's because he loves you. <laughs> oh. So in case you guys thought I was a very calm person from my calm demeanor on this podcast. You have never played certain games with Elias. <laughs> oh, we will get anyway, to that, that today. And don't beat him at Mario Kart. I'm not that bad at Mario Kart, but if you beat me at... Um, uh, Star Fox? Star, Star Fox. Fox 64, yeah. Oh, man, he I, was so butthurt. I lost my shit. I... I... <laughs> I was talking shit, but I didn't think he would take it that personally. It was, it was hurtful. And he did. Is, is this <laughs> a, hurt my uh, fragile ego? Is this a spoiler for uh, for your tonight's top three? It is, yeah. No, it's a video <laughs> game. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. It's a dilemma. Anyway, <laughs> going off of that, uh, Arseni, have you been playing anything good recently? I have. I have been playing a lot of King's Dilemma, um, which I'm going to be talking about mm. today. I've also started uh, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. Sorry, Jaws of the Lion, not Joseph the Lion. That's that's interesting. <laughs> as, as the only other person here other than me who's played Gloomhaven, um, do you feel like it's something worth having if you've already played Gloomhaven? Uh, or would you just wait for Frosthaven? I feel like if you already have Gloomhaven, you do not need this. Okay. Uh, right. But if you don't have Gloomhaven or you want to just play it with a group that is not your regular Gloomhaven group, get this game. It like the setup takes two minutes, not twenty minutes. Really? Yeah. It. Wow. You open a book, that's your map, that's your scenario. All right. So you don't have to put together the nope. puddle puzzle pieces. N no tiles, nothing like that. You just open a spiral bound book. That's your map for today. Everything is on the map. Uh, tokens. Uh, actually, it actually comes with a pretty good insert. So setting it up and then breaking it down is really simple goes really fast but i have to say that i was not impressed by the story in it there is okay it's it's not on the level of gloomhaven when it comes to the story but the but i mean gloomhaven gave you like 90 scenarios to get that story out so right but uh, i did play through yeah. about 45 scenarios and finish the main story so i do know what the story in the gloomhaven is and jaws of the lion is not on the same level but the new classes are very interesting and very, very fun. Are they compatible with the main game? They are fully compatible. And in fact, the cards even include the spots where you can upgrade the cards if you have oh, regular Gloomhaven. I like that. They don't come with upgrades. I would say wait for Frosthaven or yeah. get this game if you just want to play a good tactical board game for about 20 missions, 20, 25 missions. Yeah, we already backed Frosthaven because as I've said... Dear listeners, it's Gloomhaven in the snow, which is uh, <laughs> an automatic upgrade. So yeah, you're Canadian. You're Canadian. You're used to this. <laughs> That's right. All right. So the King's Dilemma. Tell us about that. Lately, I have uh, finally got my copy of King's Dilemma, which is a kind of a very hot game in 2022. The table uh, I see here, which I didn't know before, that it was a nominee for Kennerspiel this year. I believe. That's right. Yeah, it yep. was a runner-up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a little bit about the game. The designers are Hjalmar Huck, Lorenzo Silva. Uh, the artists are Giorgio Baroni and Giulia uh, Gigini. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. <laughs> and there's like 11 publishers, um, but <laughs> my copy is published by Horrible Guild. 
Uh, you can also get it from Asmodee Yellow and a bunch of other places. So what a King Dilemma is, um, so if you took that political negotiation phase from Twilight Imperium 4 or 3 and so on, or if you took the political negotiation from Tammany Hall or Dune, and you made that the focus of the entire game, that would be King's Dilemma. If you Man, then things mar- I like. <laughs> what? I love that. Yeah. Uh-oh. I, I think you've sold me. Yeah. <laughs> All of yeah. us. Yeah. Happy with that. <laughs> um, it, 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 it is my early cont- contender for my personal game of the year for 2020, for sure. Uh, Say again, no more. Coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay. All right, that was our setting. Thanks for being on. <laughs> if I didn't swap right with his introduction about himself, I'm definitely swiping right now. <laughs> Speaking of swiping right, so if you take that political negotiation and you marry it to the swipe right, swipe left of Reigns, which some of you might know, it's a mobile game where you kind of yeah. do a yes, no choices, and you're playing a ruler by swiping right, swiping left. That is also a big part of King's Dilemma. And finally, you add poker to it. Uh, So what is actually King's Dilemma? So King's Dilemma is a game where everyone is playing a ruler of a different noble house, and you're all members of the king's council. You're the small council from, you know, Game of Thrones, right? Uh, You're you're those people. The king doesn't want to rule, so you're the one who's actually ruling the kingdom and making all the important decisions and taking the blame for them. The king doesn't matter in the least. And every turn a new card gets drawn, and that card is going to have text on one side. You read the text, and it tells you, here's this dilemma in the kingdom. And one of the, and I don't want to spoil anything because, spoiler, it is a legacy game, and there are a lot of really big surprising twists that happen. So I'm just going to refer to some of the earliest, like, first game examples. It's kind of a tutorial first game, as always, for a legacy game. Mm-hmm. So you get a card, and for example, it might say, you know, some windmills have burned down. Do we want to uh, pay from the royal treasury to rebuild them? Or do we say, you know what, screw it. People can pay for their own windmills and <laughs> we got to save money. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we a rich kingdom or a poor kingdom? You I mean, don't know. Do I, do I own these windmills or do they own exactly. them? Exactly. Because it do sounds they like a them? they yeah. problem. You know, <laughs> do the mills uh, uh, are owned by big corporates? <laughs> So, so this is this is actually where the players can do a bit of world building, and they can kind of cl- make claims about the kingdom and what's going on. And it's, and this game really encourages role playing, which I'm going to get to in a second. Um, and so the card will also tell you, look, if you if you vote yes, let's rebuild the windmills. Here's some potential consequences. The game has actually really good iconography. I'm going to talk about that a bit later. Um, and if you vote no, here's what some other potential consequences are. And then you vote. So here's how voting works. Each player has an I, a nay, and a pass card. Uh, you talk amongst yourselves, like, what do you think we should do? And then each player reveals an I, nay, or a pass card, and then puts some power tokens on that card. If you pass, you can't vote anymore, but you're going to get some extra power and money for next, you know, for the next round, for the next dilemma that's going to come up. And then you count up, okay, how many... How much power does the did the eyes get? How many? How much power did the nays get? And then like that side wins, but because of where the voting stops, that makes the game really really strategic. Because the voting always stops to the right of the leader, but as soon as anyone outbids the current leader in power, the leader token passes to them, mm. and so now it's the person to their right who's going to be the last person voting. 
You can never remove power. You can just keep adding power. So it becomes this poker. Like your decisions, if you are in a vote, is do I stay or do I raise? Mm. Is it possible for one person to basically just like their opinion is the only one that matters because they have so many power tokens? Or Absolutely. Or is it relative? Okay. All right. Absolutely. But power is hidden. So you don't really know how much power everyone has behind their little, you know, dungeon master screen. Um, yeah. So, and a lot of the times people just don't care. They just want like, uh, you know, they actually just want to pass and get some power. So you get these hilarious things where people would argue for 15 minutes about like, do we want to allow abstract art to flourish in our kingdom or not? Which is a real, <laughs> which is a real card. Okay, this is an actual dilemma. Like, like you know, you know, the church really doesn't like abstract art, but this abstract artist could make our kingdom famous. Do we allow abstract art? And people would like debate for 15 minutes, and then everybody reveals how they're voting, and only one person is not passing. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> no one else actually cared that much. And oh it's, 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 it's absolutely great. Uh, and so the legacy part comes in the fact that as you resolve different cards, you, you're instructed to open um, packets. So there's like sealed, little sealed envelopes. And those, those envelopes uh, add more story cards and they add more dilemmas to your dilemma deck. Mm. And on top of it, if you make certain lasting consequences, there are actual stickers that you're going to put on the board and you're going to sign those stickers so everybody knows you are responsible for this positive <laughs> or negative thing that happened. And again, I don't want to spoil too many things, but for example, uh, my noble house was, was notorious for like uh, doing really great stuff with the military, but also inadvertently cursing our kingdom when we sort of maybe looted a, a vault full of holy relics and <laughs> so so that sticker is on the board to my eternal shame like we cursed the entire kingdom and now the gods are angry you know That's um does that mean that every it, time you need to play with the same group of people so yeah so because it's a, now you can add new people in throughout the game with an understanding that there that there is no catch-up mechanic you know there isn't like oh yeah if you're four, four games behind here just take off these boxes Unfortunately, that's not the case. So if you're adding new people in, they're probably not going to win the overall campaign, mm. right? But you can add them in. Uh, it is definitely better when you're playing with the same group over and over again, just like any other legacy game. Do you have a winner after every playthrough yes. or is it only yeah, so, full campaign? Yeah. yeah, so after every playthrough, there is a, there's a winner. And the way the game ends is hilarious because it ends in one of two ways. Either you, you push up the certain stability tracker. There are trackers for like different resources in the game. And so either you push the stability tracker all the way up, which, in which case, no, we don't need a king, it's a republic now. Uh, or you push <laughs> it all the way down and there's a rebellion and we're overthrown together. Or the king dies of natural causes. <laughs> and that's like when the game ends and then you look at certain winning conditions, which is actually kind of one of the cons of the game is because there's a lot of things to look at at the end of the game. And it kind of slows down the ending of the game significantly. Um, here's the other thing that makes this game so great that I haven't mentioned before yet. And that is at the beginning of each game, you select a secret agenda. And so people have their own secret agendas that they're <laughs> following. And, I'm, and they might be saying, oh yeah, for the good of the kingdom, you know, we can't let our wealth become too low. We can't let our faith become too low or we can't let our military become too powerful. But secretly, all they're doing is looking at their secret agenda and they're trying to win at the end of the game. So everyone is claiming to work for the kingdom, but everyone is being just selfish dicks, 
the entire awesome. game. It's it's <laughs> it. it's so it's fantastic and chaotic and uh, I can't. Now let me get to my actual pros and cons because I think it's a great <laughs> game. It's it's my personal, you know, uh, game of the year for now. For now, there's a f- couple of games on the horizon where, sh- you know, wow. fingers crossed, might might supplant it. But there are some pros and cons. So in terms of pros, it's one of those rare games where the narrative and the gameplay really support each other. Like you feel that, yeah, you're involved in in these you know heavy political discussions and like the weight of the kingdom is like on your shoulders. It's great. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that it really replicates that sense of living history. Now, I'm a historian by trade, by education, and I teach history uh, as my career. And this game really feels like this progression of generations. And when cards come up and they refer to something that you were responsible, your ancestors were responsible for doing like 100 years ago, and you go like, oh, oh I remember that. You know, I, that, that's, <laughs> that's something that happened. That was fantastic. The old it's, texts speak of it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy to learn and it's very easy to teach. The manual is absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best manuals I've ever seen. It's it's That's super good. it's super clear. It's very easy to learn and teach. The world building and the writing is excellent. So unlike shall we say Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, the writing here <laughs> is excellent. It's neither too long nor too short. There's there's just enough exp- exposition to get you to imagine what's going on and what the consequences of your actions or choices might be. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, the iconography. It's very clean, very easy to learn iconography. Everything is making sense. Uh, and I would even say that if you had, you know, just like car translations, like it would almost be, uh, you know, a language agnostic game. Almost. Oh, wow. Because the okay. iconography is just really, really good. And... I already said that like the game encourages role playing quite a bit, and I've pl- I'm playing it with uh, with uh, three other players, two of whom almost never actually do any kind of role playing. Like they don't have any experience or almost no experience with role playing, and they really got into it. Like they were like, "My house is on this border, and we gotta defend ourselves against these invaders." You know, they really got into it. So that's fantastic. Yeah, because never everyone seen- can do that, right? Like everyone's seen. Game of Thrones or some show which is about politics and it's like it's different to play a you know barbarian whatever and actually encapsulate the character versus just playing a person that's fighting for something that they are supposed to believe in right absolutely so, yeah so it, it makes it easy to to encapsulate because I know a lot of people like Ipo he doesn't like playing characters but I can totally imagine Ipo being like my house refuses, you know, something like that. So it's. Uh... Does anyone did anyone get like negotiation fatigue? Because <laughs> it's true. just yeah. since you're constantly trying to convince <laughs> each other and stuff. Well, you know, the group I'm playing with, uh, they like to cycle through games in the evening. Like we try to get usually get two or three different games in an evening. Mm-hmm. We started this, and they did not want to stop. We played oh, wow. four wow. scenarios. We've played four scenarios straight until we're like, we should probably break for dinner. And then they were <laughs> like, can we play some scenario, more? Like... So that is one of the weaknesses of the game. And that is you never know mm-hmm. how long each scenario is going to take. Some oh. scenarios are going to be two hours. One scenario was like 45 minutes because the king died very suddenly. And we were like, mm-hmm. well, that was a very uneventful rain. <laughs> I guess we're going <laughs> on to the next one. So you, you never quite know how long it's going to be. I would say conservatively between one to two hours per scenario is, is wow. how long you're going to be okay. playing for. 
Right. Um, the other thing I want to mention just before I get to my cons about the game, because I can see why it did not win. <laughs> you know, why why there is the true winner of Kennerspiel this year. Um, the other thing I want to mention is from time to time, there are actually interesting mini games that actually come up and suddenly the rules change and you're doing something very unexpected. And again, I don't want to spoil anything because this was a huge surprise to us where we'd crack open the envelope and suddenly it'd be like, oh, you're actually playing by this complete different sense, uh, set of rules and there's actually this mini game that you're doing now, not this dilemma deck thing. And you go, whoa, wow, that's really cool. That's, that's, that's really interesting. So there are these mini games that come up from time to time that shake things up a bit. Now, it's not like too many bones does that, where you'll be playing and then they'll be like, oh, and now you just have to do this quick dice game to determine, you know, what your health is going to be for the next few rounds. And I really like that, like the mini games of like, yeah, or if you can, the you're able to open the chest. Exactly. Like those little mini, yeah, they, they change yeah. things a little bit. So it's not always the um, same thing every time. So. Yeah, absolutely. So from time to time, they, they come up and it really shakes up the game. Now, the cons are. I'm not a fan of the art in this game. Um, the design is yeah, is functional. <laughs> yeah, the design bad. is it's it's pretty bland. Like the design is very functional, but it's yeah. too functional. It does not wow you with its presentation. Now there no. is artwork in the game on the cards, but here's the problem: there's I think seven storylines in the game, big like these big, huge, overarching stories that take multiple sessions to complete. But each storyline has its own unique artwork. So you've seen one card for that storyline. You've pretty much seen all the artwork for that storyline. Okay. Um, and a lot of the art, I feel, is also recycled. So you see it in the manual. You see it on the cards. It's like, it's not an expensive game, especially as far as legacy games go. But they could have put in a bit more pizzazz into it because it really doesn't look very inspiring on the how much does it cost yeah, now? It, um, for me, I believe it cost me sixty-seven ninety-five. It looks Cana like Canadian. a prototype. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It yeah. looks like a prototype. Yeah, it looks part of it like the, the board blunt. that you actually Yeah, the board that you put in the middle is like this kind of beigeish gold, black and white. Yeah. It looks like a spreadsheet. You, it you looks look like, like a splotter spellen or an 18x. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah. design is wait, wait, wait. Spreadsheets are beautiful. <laughs> And, and you know, these are the guys who made, um, not the same artist, but these are the same guys who made uh, that uh, Roll and Write move, right, with the, with the trains? Uh, what's oh, called? Railroad Inc. Railroad Inc., right? Like, these are the same guys. Like, I'm not saying the artist is bad, but just could you have paid for a bit more art in the game? <laughs> um, yeah. Such a um, game isn't cheap. Uh, it's not cheap, but it's not as expensive yeah. as some legacy games. Yeah, um, yeah like 50 the other US dollars for, for a legacy game is not terrible yeah uh the other big problem and this really is like the art okay it's subjective but this next problem is, is a problem that all of us had at the table and that is the dilemma deck gets reshuffled quite often and the dilemma deck is like this you know that's that's the game you're looking at the dilemmas you're trying to solve them um but because of that you can unlock dilemmas very early on and you might never see them again because they just keep getting shuffled to the bottom and so if you're that's hoping it. I want to see what happens in this storyline, one of these seven storylines. You might never actually see that because those, that card might never come up. And because it never comes up, you never get to open the next envelope and the envelope after that and so on. Oh, so, so you lose the continuity. Exactly. The yeah. So the yeah. random shuffling random shuffling really does not help 
this continuous story. Like you said, the continuity of the story is not there. Your random chance might decide that you'll never see some stories in the game. So you um, mean the, the seven storylines are moving along together? They should be. It feels to us like they should all be moving together, right? But instead, it's like, oh, it's like 200 years later after when we first started the game. And only now are we seeing the next step in the story. Like nothing has changed in the last 200 years, you know? So there's a bit of that kind of dissonance, right? There's a bit of that like ludo-narrative dissonance in the story where the gameplay is one way and the narrative is another way. And you go like, ah, how do I explain this, right? So we mm -hmm. all had a problem with that. The other con is that the gameplay is essentially the same. Like you learn the gameplay, the, the whole kind of poker auction thing in the first game. And after that, it's basically that. That's what got me in Pandemic Legacy is there were storyline shifts. Yeah. One would say good storyline shifts, perhaps. But for me, I just felt like, oh, I'm just playing Pandemic. And now I'm playing Pandemic with some of the expansions. But I'm just playing Pandemic over and over and over again. Exactly. And Compared I don't to like some, Pandemic yeah. that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's not um, the problem. Uh, I would say that, for example, something like Charterstone, where for the first eight missions, there are actual new gameplay mechanics that are added in every mission. Like the that, different that, action that, spots and stuff. Exactly. That keeps it fresh. In this game, it's pretty much the same gameplay, only the dilemmas really differ. And there are not enough of those mini games that I was talking about to mix things mm -hmm. up. I wish there were more of that. Okay. Um, the la uh, last couple of cons, really quickly, um, some players might not like the opaqueness of the outcomes because you're voting on something, but you're not 100% sure how much it's going to change. No, I like, like that. Like that it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I I like that. I like that. But some players at the table did not. They were like, well, why should I dedicate, spend power on this decision if I don't know what it's actually going to change, right? And so mm -hmm. that's a bit of a problem. And finally, really minor nitpick, and I know people have gotten around this already. The default maximum player count is five, but I have already seen people playing it with six or seven people. This this could oh, wow. easily this could easily have been a six to seven player game as well, because there's like 18 different noble houses in the game and they each have different objectives as well so this could have been a much higher player count anyway so that's is, is yeah. there a reason they've imposed that artificial five limit on it or maybe i have no idea to limit the time of the game or something like that it might be to limit the time of the game but because everyone is involved 100 percent of the time in this discussion right and you're so involved in it it doesn't feel like it's a long game um, and I know for a fact that there are people on YouTube uh, who are doing playthroughs with like six or seven people. So again, I'm not sure why it says max player count five because it could easily be a longer game. Anyway, that's that's King's Dilemma. It's a fantastic game, especially if you like yelling at each other and arguing about imaginary things. We uh, do that anyway, so it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it'll be perfect that's for StorySmiths. <laughs> Exactly. That's what we do. That's how we just argue about imaginary yeah. things. Anyway. Yeah, if you have any questions um, about the game, I want to shoot them I now. I think I asked happy. all my questions as they came up. Anyone have any questions? Where can yeah, I buy it? Here. Uh, it, is, it? It is unfortunately out of stock everywhere. Uh, I believe that there will be a reprint on the way. Uh, but when that is, wow. only the stars may, may tell. <laughs> uh, it's certainly uh, you out can of get stock a used everywhere. copy you can get another used copy but like a secondary market but it's like 80 bucks which Whoa. is a lot so um, probably best to wait I'll, I'll, I'll wait <laughs> yeah wait wait for a kick, wait for a reprint kickstarter 
which I'm sure, sure we'll yeah. be able to do that. I'm sure we'll be able to. I, after winning the Kennerspiel, and I know it's got a bunch of buzz, like not winning, sorry, running up in the Kennerspiel for sure. Well, thank you, Arseni. That was great. I was very excited to hear about that game. And speaking of best games played all year, this is far from it. <laughs> <laughs> we played, we bought and played the other Kennerspiel des Jahres 2020 nominee, runner-up, which was Cartographers, a role-player game. I was so excited for this game. Um, it looks beautiful. It's designed by Jordi Edan, published by Thunderworks Games in 2019, and art by Luis Francisco. Should I also say gorgeous art by Luis Francisco and Lucas Ribeiro. Um, this game has another name, Fun with Crayons, because that's what this game <laughs> is about. So the basic idea of the game is you're drawing maps. You're a cartographer. The queen has sent you to apparently draw the land, and that means she can claim it, because... That's how uh, politics works. <laughs> so <laughs> you can, I mean, I mean, it is what Europe did to the rest of the world for like 500 years. So, you know, <laughs> but there are also a bunch of like kobolds and stuff. And, you know, those nasty natives living there. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> but if you draw the map fast enough, you can claim it. So that's that's the idea. Um the idea of the game, I'm not going to spend too much time, but basically cards come out and they have one or more kinds of terrain on them and one or more shapes on them. And you pick the shape you want with the terrain you want and you draw that into your map, which is like a bunch of uh, squares. Like Tetris. Yeah, and you draw them. They basically become like Tetris shapes, uh, except they don't have to have four blocks like Tetris. And you just draw them in and you're trying to get certain goals. So the game is played over four seasons. There are four types of scoring. The game comes with 16 scoring cards, and you're only using four in each game. And then every season you score score A and B, and then score in, in, in summer score B and C. In autumn you're going to score C and D, and in winter D and A. So you're going to score each one of them twice. But it, it basically gives you some variability. It has that Isle of Sky thing where, depending on the round, you're scoring something different every game. And the other major thing in this game is ambush cards, which are these things that pop up because remember you're drawing cards, which are little territories you draw on your map. The ambush cards come out and you hand your map over to uh, another player. Um, it tells you which player, clockwise, anti-clockwise, and they will draw the monsters on your thing and try to screw you over and have you get the least number of points possible. You'll score after every season and the person with the most points wins the game. Let me tell you about the pros, because this game is ever. People love this game. I'll tell you that. Uh, I was very excited. It was on my um, SN 2019 excited list. Um, and I, I put that on there in the episode. If you go back to that, that was one of my top games that I was excited about. And let me tell you, I love the theme. The idea of cartography. It's my favorite thing about Seventh Continent is the idea of trying to draw out the map. I know, Ipo, you actually drew out the map, correct? Is that um, What? No. Bastard. Oh, no. In seventh <laughs> Yeah. No, no, so he did it on an Excel it? spreadsheet. Well, I'm not the sevens. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you can actually get a cartographer's book in Seventh Continent where you can draw out the map. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, we didn't get that. Okay, well... So there's that. <laughs> I, love, I love the idea of making maps. It's very cool. 
I've always wanted to pick up that hobby of like drawing fantasy maps. So I really like that. Secondly, it leaves a lot of room for creativity. So I mean, in terms of drawing, so the symbols are very basic. They're basically yellow, red, you know, or you draw a little house or a tree, but it doesn't really tell you how to draw the icons. So like me and Dima drew them completely differently. And then we put them on Instagram and did a poll to see who had the better one. I won by 80% to 20%. I did vote for Dima though. Thank you, Byron. <laughs> also, I will comment on that later. <laughs> the other thing is it's a very relaxing game because it's very non-confrontational. If that's your thing, then it's a pro. For me, it's a con, but I'm just pointing out if that's your thing, that's a, it's a very relaxing game. Um, the only form of confrontation and interaction is these ambush cards, and they're not that big a deal. You can basically work around them. And lastly, it does have some variability. Like I said, there's 16 scoring cards. I really felt like this game would really be a lot better if there was more variability. And by that, I don't mean more cards. It could just have 16 cards. But a lot of the cards are very similar. For example, in one game we played, it said fields and water next to mountains give you one point and two points accordingly. And then the next time, ooh, the big change, Fields and water next to each other give you one point and one point. And you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. So it's very, very slight variability. So I think it needed a lot more variability. Now here's the main con. Because there's nothing particularly wrong with the game. It's elegant, very few rules. It comes out, you, know, you get to draw, which is so much fun and color, you know. But my God, it's boring. Oh my God. <laughs> I have not played a game that I've been that <laughs> bored during the game, I think, ever. <laughs> the entire time, me and Dima are like, we're still in summer? <laughs> like, are you done drawing your little tree yet? Like, let's, let's move on, you know? It's a really, really, really boring game. <laughs> and, um, and the part of that reason is it's, one of the most multiplayer solitaire games I've ever seen. They put the wow. ambush there as a way to remove the concept of multiplayer solitaire, which is, you know, you take someone's map and draw something on it. But it's not a big deal, and you can work your way around it, no problem. There's not a lot of player interaction. I think that was literally forced into the game to bring some sort of player interaction into it. And even as a solo game, I would not pick this game. So all I felt in this game was, if it was a solo game, there are many games I'd rather play over this. Maybe every solo game I have over this. <laughs> if I'm playing a multiplayer game, there are many games that I would recommend over this game. Now, it, it, there's two that particularly I would recommend to you listeners if you're interested in cartographers, but I put you off a little bit. Um, one is if money is not an issue because it's a more expensive game. And the other is at the same price. So if money is not an option, because this game's about 20 bucks, or less. Um, if you can pay 50 to 60, Era Medieval Age by Matt Leacock destroys this game and everything this game tries to do well. So Era Medieval Age is engaging, it's aggressive, it's hard, it's, it, and it's beautiful at the same time, but you don't get to draw. So you're losing the drawing thing. Um, but I would recommend that over this game every day of the week. And if you want a game at the same price, St. Malo. St. Malo is 20 bucks. You get a little, you get to draw on the thing. It's the same concept. You draw walls, you can draw houses, and you can be creative. 
you cancel off coins. It's very similar in, in, in many regards. And St. Malo is better in every way for me than this it's game. way more fun. Yeah, oh St. Malo, I think, is a game that more people need to pay attention to. Um, it's, uh, it's just, there's so much more to it. There's the constant threat of pirates. There's what are you going to go for? Are you going to get this? There's so much to do. In this game, I didn't care what Demo was doing. At all. As long as she finished and we could move on to the next one. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, I don't it's know. It's funny you how... mention how you're waiting for me to finish my <laughs> You're right. I took more because time because my, my pictures were way prettier. But uh, uh, I, I feel like the game became like 10 times more boring because for every card, I had to wait for Elias to draw like the base of the tree in brown and then color the tree and then do some shading <laughs> and then draw the... I had like, to put apples in the tree because it was oh an orchard. Goodness. So... Oh if if I didn't put apples in the tree, it wouldn't be an orchard. Well, it could what? still be an orchard, oh just not in in flower. But but it and was an I apple orchard. And I wasn't allowed to reveal the next card before he finished drawing. <laughs> apples are just complicated shape. flowers. Uh. <laughs> anyway, I, so I, I want Dima to give her perspective. Go, go ahead, Arsene. No, I was going to ask. Like, uh, it sounds to me it's almost like a roll and write, but with cards. Like That's here's exactly a shit, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So. You should probably also just look also at uh, Railroad Inc. or even Suburbia, where you also get to like draw in little things and shade them and be like, "I have a happy little swimming pool yeah. in this." Yeah, like welcome know, to exactly. This. Yeah, well, welcome right. to. I would recommend one hundred percent. But the reason I picked Saint Malo is it's very similar. You have a grid, mm -hmm. and you have to draw things in that grid, and, draw, and based yeah. on proximity of things to each other, you score different points. Um, and there's a danger thing, which is pirates, which is Saint Malo. And in this case, it's the ambush. Except, except the pirates are... Yes. Except St. Malo, you draw in black and white. And cartographer is prettier, right? That's the only... No, you're making a huge Pro. mistake. What? Cartographers <laughs> just came with four pencils. I bought a set of color pencils. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nerd alert. We made it prettier. <laughs> so St. Malo, you could just buy a bunch of colored markers... Mm -hmm. And you'd have just as good a time. So. Oh, man. man. St. Malo looks game? really cool. But it sounds like Saint the Malo. markers didn't yeah. make you have a good time. Yeah. What markers? The ones no. that you bought. I know. Elias had a great time drawing. Like yeah, I think yeah. that's the only aspect of the game that he enjoyed, which <laughs> wasn't really even that. part of the game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just felt extremely underwhelmed. Yeah, that's a good I word. don't think I've ever been this bored playing a game. Um I, I like to compare it to patchwork just because of the um what's it called? Polyominoes. Lightness of it. Oh, so yeah. Saint Malo has a bit more strategy. This one is is simpler. And I like to compare it to patchwork because there isn't like that much long term planning. Um and but I just patchwork is a lot more fun and patchwork's way better because of the economy. And yeah, yeah and I just, this game, oh my God, it bored me so, so much. And then, uh, no, like, nothing. Let, let what, me, what, I, what I like about this game is that the name is a pun. A role player tale? Yeah. Well, no, it, it's it's actually because it's the same guys who made role player. No, but it's not role player. It's role No, player. no, role player, R-O-L-L. -L yeah, that, that's the part I like. <laughs> no, like like this game comes with cards for role player. So you can play role player. It's okay, easy. you've actually totally unsold me on this right now because I, <laughs> yeah. 
hated role player. Yeah, man. What I, can I, say? I was like, I, I was well, like, I did, what did I, I sell you on it before? <laughs> no, no, you sold, you sold me on Saint Mallow before for yeah, sure. That's what I was now doing, I'm looking at Saint Mallow right now, and I'm ordering, and I'm ordering great coffee game. right now. Go for it. It's a great game. Yeah, but so, but like, go for yeah. it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say like role player to me, it's already such a bland, boring game. Yeah, and like yeah. this is like, oh, same guys made another bland boring game <laughs> exactly. what a surprise exactly that you hit it on the head like i think and the it's the same boring each, people <laughs> each scoring card like only has one function so i can only connect for example water to fields or i can only connect the forest to mountains so it that was it like that was my only option You're right and if if you don't have that option then Forrest doesn't score. Yeah, like Saint Malo is so like good. It, it's so simple yeah. that it was it, like uh, because Saint, know, Saint Malo so gives boring. you that decision of oh, I can go for all these different character things, right? And the characters do different things, and I can choose how many of these dice to commit to make what kind of character. This one, it's like oh, well, trees. Okay, like they don't do anything. It's just what the, what are they next to? Yeah, like and if, and if that's what you want a game about, what are they next to? Play overbooked, way better. I I, yeah. I cannot see why this game was nominated. I do not understand Me it. Me either. I don't get people. I, well, that's no. not a surprise. But um, <laughs> we we played this game a couple times a few nights ago. Then the next night we wanted to play it again because we wanted to get a bunch of plays in. We played it again. And then we started playing the next game we're going to talk about, The Crew. And Demo was so, like, bored from the last game it took like three games of the crew to get her like excited and happy again. She was about to fall asleep on the table. After playing a bunch of the games of the crew, she got excited and happy and into it again. So cartographers, yeah. makes my wife fall asleep. Don't buy it. <laughs> so you're accusing the game to, you're accusing the game of being a joy sucker. <laughs> it really is. For me, it is. Except like, if you really love drawing. Borderline soul <laughs> sucker. Like, it was... Uh, I, I didn't want to live anymore if it meant having to play this game again. <laughs> Cartographers. Highly recommended to buy St. Malo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. On to the winner of Kennerspiel this year is 2020. Um, we played The Crew, like Elia said. The Quest for Planet Nine. Just Pluto. And it was able to wake <laughs> me up and get me back into playing at like 11 p.m. Um, so it's it's going to be a good review, a positive review. It was designed by Thomas Singh, published by Cosmos in 2019. And art is by Marco Armbruster. So it's a trick-taking game. There are four colors, colored cards, and the cards are from one to nine. And there are four rocket cards in the game that are basically trump cards. Um, they win everything. I want to jump in on something. Mm -hmm. It's a co-op trick-taking game. Yes. Just very How does that work? It. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't very into it in the beginning, honestly, because um already two people trick-taking is iffy, is, the, is yeah. iffy, but then three or four people trick-taking. Mm, I felt like it would be another Hanabi experience where yeah, Ipo, she kept talking shit about your wife. She was like, she was like, if I played this game with Lena, I'd like throw the cards on the table and walk away. And if Ipo was playing, I would have just quit. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> there are certain tricks you have to win, right? In a certain order. And, and they're called missions, basically. And the problem is you can't communicate, right? So you have to sort of oh. understand. Like if, if we're playing blues and then I throw in a pink, it means I don't have any blues. Like you need to pay attention to that. Things like that. So um, because I played Hanabi with Lena and I know that uh, she doesn't pay attention to what other players are playing, <laughs> I knew that it would really frustrate me. But overall, it was actually a really good game. It really got me hyped up even after my soul was crushed from Cartographer. Jesus <laughs> Your soul was crushed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that should be My the the worst review <laughs> that any game ever have uh, <laughs> it was it was have so got right guys anyway. forget cartographers okay. we, we've done enough for <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, so what I epic. like about this game is that winning the tricks is really rewarding like you feel so good especially the hard tricks yeah it's because because it's like it tells you like okay these are the four cards you need to win as a team. Um, but you need to win them in this order, and then these are, and then you draft basically as a team, without communicating which ones you want to win, right? So you're like, okay, I'm gonna win the six yellow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there, it's so hard sometimes to yeah. like know because you don't know what cards other people have. You don't know that you know. Oh man, go ahead, Dima. The Sorry. first time we played, the first couple of games we played, we played it in training mode. So just to get a feel for the game. And I was like, man, this is so easy. This game is so boring. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's too easy for me. You know, I know this, it's not even a challenge. Like this, I, I'm not really interested in playing it again, but we played it again because we needed to review it. So, um, the next couple of games it, it just about 20 16 to 20 times <laughs> the, the thing is every game the missions got harder so for example one of us had to win with a one card which is so hard because it's the lowest how do you win a trick with a one you really like you have to drill down get rid of all the colors and then that person has to keep that one card but and then start a trick with it so it was complicated and we lost the first time then we played it again and then we won it because i wasn't leading on it <laughs> so in the first time we played it i was the captain and i couldn't figure out how to win with a one <laughs> so i would play all the ones in the game <laughs> i was just playing them and then we like all the ones were gone and um it was it was really bad may i ask so, is it always yeah. uh is it always uh uh can you always solve this mini puzzle or sometimes it depends on your hand and it's uh, unsolvable? I think so far everything we've played has been solvable. Um, but sometimes you need to grasp it early. So like when yeah. it came to that one where D Dima was the cap. So, so here's another thing about this game. It's not really for two players. Like it's for three mm -hmm. to five. Probably best at four. But when you play two players, you're creating sort of an AI for as a third player. His name is Jarvis. <laughs> and the captain gets to control Jarvis. So the first time we had to do that, Dima was the captain and she was controlling Jarvis. And Dima was not grasping that, that first time that to win with a one in that suit, you basically have to get rid of two to nine in that suit and then somehow lead with that one. So she ended up like 
really <laughs> damaging us. And by the time like I managed to mentally communicate to her, just give me the lead, let me take care of this. It was, um, it was too late. We were one card short of being able to succeed. So I think everything is successful, but and also there is a form of communication in the game. Yeah. I, I think Dima should talk about that. Um, but um, I think it's a brilliant form of communication. What so on your turn, before you play any cards. No, it's not on your turn. It's between be tricks. Between tricks. Like yeah. be before anyone plays a card in the middle. You can take a card from your hand, place it on the table, and then there's a token that you can use. If you put it on the card, it means this is the only card you have in that color. And then if you put it on the top of the card, it means this is the highest value card you have of that color. And if you put it under the card, it means it's the lowest value card you have of that color. And that's the only communication you can do once per hand. That's it. Like, it's just like... you you got to really know when to do that, you know? Because mm -hmm. if you if you put information that they're going to figure out anyway, you might need that later on. I, I really mm -hmm. like that. That was really good. Also, the theme that... Okay, the game has a theme. I felt like the theme was pointless. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's based in space, and you go on these missions, and I feel like... the. Some of them just make no sense. Well, I think I don't feel like you don't feel the theme when you're playing. I don't you feel think like you're it's playing meant to a be thematic. I game. think the idea was they wanted to because you're supposed to play this game from mission one to mission fifty, mm -hmm. and it just gets harder and harder and harder and harder mm -hmm. and harder. And I think their idea was we're going to put a theme like a cute story. Yeah, <laughs> in the beginning. The, you're right. The mission. theme is pointless. It's a great take-taking game, but I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was in space or anything. So, for example, like one of the mini stories at the beginning of a mission is you're coming close to a meteorite field and one of us has been tasked by the captain to do the recalculation so we change course so during this round that person cannot communicate at all so you can't use your token during that round to say like this is my only card this is the highest lowest etc so it yeah, that's that's marketing. Yeah, you just yeah, like, <laughs> you could just have the rule there, and it's good enough. Like it doesn't add or remove from the game. That's we true. read the sentence in the beginning. It's it's whatever. <laughs> you could you could and literally skip the sentence and just read the rule. Look at the icons, and yeah. it will tell you the rules for that round. So. Yeah, so I was a bit iffy about doing a co-op trick-taking game, especially with multiple people, but. Um, especially like having to rely on others to interpret your moves and clues. But it was really fun. And especially when I messed up, I thought that was the funniest. Because I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, you can't talk to me. You can't talk to me. And he's like, what? <laughs> but you've only played the game two-player account, right? Yeah, we only played it two. Yeah, we played it like almost 20 times, but only two players. Yeah. Unfortunately, because of quarantine so let's wait for the <laughs> for the next time that uh, another lena will appear <laughs> and dima will then curse. i'll give you a re-review <laughs> a couple thoughts on this game i really like it i'm already a sucker for trick-taking games um i love games like sponsio which again we've been championing on this podcast but no one seems to know it um uh, I love, um, everyone knows Teach is one of my favorite games. Um, I, I like this a lot because there is a lot you can 
let your opponent know in terms of what cards you play when and that one single moment of communication and when you choose to do it and what you choose to show is so crucial uh i love this game i really really like it like if you guys were over like all of you and we were five of us we could literally just take out some drinks pull out a bottle of wine or or, or whiskey or whatever and just sit and we could play this game all night yeah 100%. And you would not get bored. Yeah. You wouldn't. I promise That's... you. Because every time you play it, it's a completely different mission. It's yes, similar. sometimes it's as simple as, oh, you have to win these cards in this order. But sometimes it's something like, um, you know, you have to win with every rocket card, which is the trump card. So every single trump card has to win a hand. That seems easy. There's four trump cards. If there's four players and by chance everyone gets one. But if you're playing two players and each of you has two trump cards, how are you going to win with each trump card? That becomes hard. You're again, you're going to have to drain each suit. That's that's the best way to do it, so that you can throw in a rocket card. Because if someone starts with a rocket card, you have to follow with the rocket card, and then you've automatically failed the mission. So you have to come up with creative solutions to these things. I Independently, think, yeah, without I think, discussing. Them. I think for a two-player game. It's one of the better solutions I've seen for two-player trick-taking. The best one I've seen trick-taking two-player is Fox in the Forest. But that's a game that's literally built for just two-player trick-taking. So this game is designed for three and four and five. But the solution for two, it didn't. I didn't feel like this game feels like weird. Like I'm not playing the full game. And, uh, and it's nice because it's not like you have to win 10 tricks. It's You need to win one two or three or tricks four, or yeah, four exactly, yeah. it's not a lot of tricks but it's the puzzle you need to solve to be able to win those tricks and the puzzle includes other players in your plan so yeah. that's a really nice part of the game yeah and you, you, you give a lot of i think it's huge because yeah. yeah every time you play the game with different people even with the same people you have different hands so even if you're playing the same mission you like the way the the logbook is set up is you can have like six different teams playing through mission one through fifty, and you can have separate campaigns that you're keeping track of. But forgetting all of that, if you guys already knew the game, we could literally just pull out and you were good at the game. We could pull out a random mission from between thirty and fifty, and then play it because it's just a trick taking game with a unique goal. That's all it is. I love it. I love it. it's staying in the collection. Like I, I, like cartographers. I've already made a trade offer for it. So I'm, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> with you. Normal cartographer Bastion, please. <laughs> <laughs> the crew. So, I don't think I'd get, ever get rid of it. I love it. So how, now that you're the, playing with Dima, yeah. Sorry, Arsene. Oh no, I was gonna ask like, how's the quarterbacking? Because whenever you, people talk about co-op games, like that's my biggest pet peeve. You about can't. That you can't. Okay. You can't. All right. And you can't. even and even. And even the game decides who's the together. captain. Because whoever gets dealt the four trump card, the highest trump card, is the captain for that round. So they're going to make the decisions for the AI, and you're not allowed to, to help. So even if it's like, oh, when it comes to the two-player game, we can, I'm going to take over the AI because I'm bossy and I don't know what. If Dima gets dealt the four rocket, I have to shut the fuck up and let her make the decisions. So I don't feel like there's any way to quarterback this game. Except if, like, you're really good at giving clues. <laughs> like, indirect clues. 
and somehow convince people without speaking. It, it, so like the cool thing about the game is you're communicating in the game non-verbally. So you can talk about whatever you want while you're playing it. We were having a conversation about this trip we're going on this weekend. Yeah. And <laughs> and at the same time, I was communicating to her, oh, I have no more yellow cards. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm going for that blue too. So there's a lot in there. I, I, I really, re for me, I haven't played King's Dilemma. So obviously I cannot compare. But of the two games I've played, by a long way, the crew is, it's, it's one of the, it, it's a, one of the best trick-taking games I've ever played, and I've played a lot. So. Is it like playing a, a campaign now with Dima every time you're playing a new mission up to playing all the 50 missions? Mm, it doesn't feel like a campaign. No. It's just like, it just, you know how um, in the mind, it, like, it was just getting harder as we went up the levels? Yeah. That's how it feels. Like You just feel more stress and pressure to do well, um, but it's... Like there's no yeah, and they definitely like... they definitely get harder, and you can feel that. And and what I love is they get trickier. Like the the goals they end up being a little bit tweaked this way, so it literally forces your mind to change a little bit. Like this is not about which tricks I win. This is about making sure that the AI is in a position to win a trick on the last turn. You know what I mean? I think I think it's very good the way it plays with your mind for a trick taking game, and. I haven't played the King's Dilemma. I'm super like hyped to after Arseni's description. But even if I hadn't ever and I won't ever or whatever, this game deserves the acclaim it's getting. I think it's wonderful. The crew, Quest for Planet Nine. Dima, you like it that much? Yes. <laughs> Staying in our collection, really fun game, even though it's co-op. <laughs> boss has spoken. So now it's going to be sold out everywhere. Right now, now that you guys endorse it. Now that TTS yeah, is set. For sure. But you'll be able to get cartographers for cheap. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, yeah. fortunately, I've already found a fairly cheap copy of St. Malo, so I think I'm set. Nice. Nice. St. Malo is a great game. <laughs> what uh, you need to it, learn from this conversation about the Kenner Spiel 2020 <laughs> is that St. Malo is a great game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it actually sounds like they made the right call with the crew because it sounds like it's a game about bringing people together and it's casual, yeah. but it's tough enough. And if there's this replayability, then, you know, that's amazing. That's a very good description to, to, yeah. to put it together. I, th I think it's great. And for once, I agree with the Kenner Spiel winner, which is like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've agreed with them since like Istanbul, which I, I kind of doubt my decision on. But Concordia should have definitely won that one. But uh, anyway, oh, yeah. moving on. <laughs> and now it's time for the game show of the week, baby. Oh, Who goes first? Who goes first? Who goes first? Who goes first? This week we have four contestants. I'm so happy. I made I put you into two groups of two. Okay? So the two teams are gonna be Elias and Ipo. Oh no. Arsenia and Byron. <laughs> oh, yeah. <no. laughs> what did I do? <laughs> I try I tried to balance the teams out, okay? Yeah. So, so you guys can figure worst, out so it how, how I balance uh, yeah. it out. <laughs> Listen, Ipo, go take a ten minute break. <laughs> 
so the rules of the game are I'm going to read you either a fake rule or a real rule for first player. And you have to guess whether it's real or fake. And then as a bonus, you can uh, try to guess which game it's for. So you can oh, get bonus it. points. I love this game. Okay. Yep. <laughs> we got okay, this, Asani. I think we'll... Yeah. we'll so we'll we're, we're going to do <laughs> six rounds. And then the most points at the end of the six rounds wins. Okay. Uh, Arseni and Byron, do you guys want to start? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's let's rock it. Okay, here goes. The player who most recently traveled in a flying car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys can have a discussion. I'm trying to think uh... what, what board games are ever flying car related. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be fairly recent because flying cars are recent. <laughs> well, not not in my timeline. Is that a new like Tesla update? <laughs> um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go with probably it's false. Yeah, I was also I, I was also leaning on false. Um, if it had said traveled in a car to a certain destination, maybe I would have I would have been like, okay, yeah, that sounds legit. But a flying car, I mean. What next? Robot butlers? Yeah. <laughs> hey man, talk to my Roomba. <laughs> so what's your final answer? We're gonna go with no. We're gonna go. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's real. No. Oh. The game is, like... is inventing the future. Oh what? my god. Yeah. Okay. You, what is this rank like? Eight thousand three hundred. It's a 2013 <laughs> game. Nice. Designer Rick Helly. Publisher, oh, Rick Helly, guys. Up and Away Games. Yeah. Oh, Up and Away Games. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, man. Oh, no. Oh, I didn't give you a chance to guess it. You wouldn't have guessed it, right? No. 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 <laughs> if, we, no. if you thought it was oh. fake, we pretty wouldn't guess the game after that. That's true. Okay. So. Sorry, sorry. Uh, inventing the future, rank not applicable. <laughs> Has never it's been gotta, reviewed. It's has, never has, been like has it even been published. <laughs> 2013, dog. <laughs> okay, oh, Elias. This is already feeling up. like an asterisk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I have to find weird rules. It's not yeah. going to be from games like Catan and yeah. We're ready, Haven. Dima. We're ready. Epo. Ready? We got, we got yeah, we're ready. The well, player who most recently raised the dead. <laughs> raised the dead. Okay, ah. I, I want to be honest here. Okay, I was thinking if we win, Elias will take the credit. No, no. We'll, we'll if, if, if we lose, you're going to blame me. No, no. <laughs> that sounds I'll tell you honestly, so, the, no. the point that I wish I knew I was going to lose is when she said we're going to play... Um, the uh, who goes first? I don't think I've ever won. Because <laughs> it requires no, no knowledge of board. <laughs> no, it's my kind of game. game. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I think it's true, just because immediately when she said that, I thought of a game. So, I Ipo, don't, what's your vote? But but let's have a conversation. I think I think you're right because there are so many zombie games out there that it makes sense that one of them like have a, a strange rule like that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Shall yeah, let's go, go yes? for it. Yes. All right, we think it's real. 
Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Oh, nice. Okay. So Do you want to take a yeah. go at the game? I thought immediately when you said it, I was thinking of that game where they reanimate Frankenstein. Like, I can't remember what it's called. You guys only have one guess. So take the time to discuss uh, it and the then slap. tell me what you're. Uh, Frankenstein Legacy. <laughs> oh, <Is> that... <laughs> Is, was that our official guess? <laughs> that was your official guess, Dima? No. <laughs> I have no idea if, if this is a game. Uh, uh, horrified? That's my guess. Is that your final guess together? We, we don't yes. remember. So Yes. Okay, it's wrong. Byron and Arseni, you guys want to take a go? Do we get a point if we get it right? Uh, yeah. I think, is it called On the Slab? No, it's not. So it's Dang. called Dead Man's Cabal. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, never heard of that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It was on my top 10 of games I've I'm never heard. I'm pretty sure you guys aren't going to get any of these top bonus points. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to try. Okay, ready? Ooh. Oh, okay, guys. One thing I wanted to add. If it's a fake game, um, obviously you won't be able to get a bonus point. But just to make it fair... Um, I'll tell you the actual rule from the game I was inspired from, and then you guys could guess oh, okay. the game for that. Interesting. Okay. You being cool. a great host. Man, stop. Okay. I, love, I the, love bonus points. <laughs> ready? The player who looks most like a dragon. Oh. <laughs> This one feels more real than, than the last one. I don't know, man. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like a rule from Kevin, that, that Kevin game. Vast. Vast, yeah. Could be like three dragon ant, yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, I've never tried that. I've always wanted to try that. It's all right. It's, it's nothing special. Okay. Then I won't. Um, I don't know, Byron. <laughs> I'm I'm going with no. You go. Okay. Uh, well, let's go with Byron's intuition. So, what's your final guess? Real or fake? Fake. I'm sorry. Oh, it's a no. real rule. Oh. <laughs> Do you guys want to guess the bonus? Well, they have to, right? Yeah. Well. Want to give it a try? Hmm. <sighs> Dragons. Uh, there's a lot of games with dragons, but dragon-centric games. It's got to be something really obscure. That's what Dima's doing today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she didn't bring in the easy games like she normally does. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> also, also, the the dragon does not go first in vast. No, it's always the. Uh, yeah, it's knight the knight or, or the cave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's I, I don't. I don't know, Byron. You got any ideas for the games? Because it's definitely not D and D because they don't have you can, turns. You can just take a guess. Uh, like, sure, in D and D, whoever looks most like a dungeon. Oh, okay, <laughs> how about um, Dungeons and Dragons: Wrath of Ashardalon, the board game? Okay, I feel like I want to give you guys half a point uh, because it's oh. called D D Six Dungeon. Huh? <laughs> how is that half a point? Yeah, well, we're really taking no. it. We're taking it obscure, because they said Dungeons game. and Dragons. It's also not rated on BCG. <laughs> BCG. That's not cool. You can't give us these games that don't exist, Dima. <laughs> 
they exist. They exist. They just <laughs> print and play. <laughs> oh, we're getting just really <laughs> obscure. Well, we, we're on half a point. They're on one point, so it's. Why are you just claiming the half a point? What's happening? Okay. Yeah, she said I'll she wanted to give people. us half a point. I mean, I'm taking. Are you it. giving them half a point? Um, I'm, I'm think I put half. Yeah, I did. Ah, that's okay. Good. But Ipo, we should just say some random shit. Yes, <laughs> that might be related. No, you have to name a board game. All okay. right, we'll just name. Yeah, we can do that. Right. <laughs> okay, at least an Ipo. Yeah. The player who can say ar ar in the best pirate voice. It's definitely real. I don't know <laughs> the way she did in it. In the in the best what voice? Pirate voice. Pirate voice. Like, oh, that's the I don't one. know what she's... That's the one. <laughs> it sounded like she was having a, a migraine back there. <laughs> okay, Elias, at, I want to say at this. At the castle of Arr. <laughs> I have the feeling that uh, it's real. Okay. But but if it's real, this is the fourth question in a row that uh, Dima asks a game and, it, and it's real. Ooh, <laughs> However, so... if she came up with it, wouldn't she know how to say R? Not, not necessarily. Yeah. She could be playing a lousy pirate. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't like to play odds because, as a person who's hosted game show before, I intentionally tried to throw off odds. In one of the shows <gasps> we did, on the, um, you guys didn't notice it, but on the big extravaganza episode, I went higher every single time, on the rankings on BGG except like the last two. Then I went oh. lower. But nobody noticed that it was just higher, higher, higher. <laughs> that sounds something you would do, but not Dima. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's true, but like if you want to, I'm fine. No, 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 no. I'm you're not right. blaming you. You're... I promise. I'm only a jerk I... for the benefit of the people. No, I was kidding. I was kidding. Uh, I'm with you because, as you say, yeah, it's not right to play the odds. So let's play. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds real. It is real because Dima just doesn't know. She doesn't how know to... how to say ah. <laughs> 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 So we vote real, Dima. Yes. It's real! <laughs> okay, you guys want to guess the game? Oh, wait, wait. If we say pirate, she has to give us half a point. So think about, like, there's Libertalia. It's not Libertalia. It's a fun, um, it's a fun But also Libertalia uh, doesn't have the word pirate in it. It's a fun pirate you're, game, right? You're right. But maybe... What's you gotta that get one at game? least one of the words to get it half a point. Uh, wow, what did you get? Dungeon? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, all right. Then, then half a point is fair, I guess. Uh, but it has to be a name of the game. Like, you can't uh, just okay. throw in uh, words. Elias, I, I would uh, say, let's say, Pirates in the Caribbean. That's not a board <laughs> game. <laughs> I know, but, but maybe we're going to get half a point or something. But there is one called Dead Man's Draw or something like that, which I think has the R thing. So. All right, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, let's go. Dead Man's Draw. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's Buccaneer Bones. Close. <laughs> I was going to guess okay. uh, some variant Ranked of Munchkin. Ranked NA on BGG. <laughs> okay, Baron Narseni, you're up. Oh, the, oh player who, the player who moves the loudest. <laughs> okay, this can't be a fifth yes in a row. I think it is a yes, and I think it's... You know it's that game where you play blind? Like one person is like the murderer in the woods, and the other players are like, like the, the like teenagers in a slasher flick. Uh, Nick Nyctophobia, I think it's called. Okay, so you think it, you, you think you think it's real, Asani? I don't know. You know, I think it would be like Demon to just like 
mess with us and just have all of them be true just like the most weirdest random non-ranked games on BGG <laughs> she could find I don't know how um, well you know her <laughs> I, not not well enough to get on pause but I feel like like this could be a rule in in like nyctophobia I feel like yeah. it could be I think I think I agree with uh, you. Man, I'm gonna feel so bad if we only okay. leave with half a point. But yeah, we're gonna say it's true. It's true! Good <laughs> job, guys! We're on one and a Good half. Good job! I think Dima's rooting for the other team. You <laughs> 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 Sounds based like on the fact that my ear is ringing <laughs> after the screen. It sounds, sounds like, like <laughs> Okay, you wanna try and guess the game? I got two possibilities. I think it's either nyctophobia. It's definitely not spyfall, although it would be great. Spyfall, <laughs> no. it would be a great rule for spyfall. Um, it would. I think, I think we played spyfall enough to know that it's not. Uh, do you have any ideas, Byron? Any games where you have to I, I have depend on listening? Zero ideas. Okay, I'm gonna go with nyctophobia then. Okay, it's not. It's black sheep. Huh? Then what? Then Never heard of it. And black sheep. Yeah, shouldn't you baba? Yeah, yeah, weird. I even double checked it because I Have felt you it was any weird. Wood? Okay. Yes, yes, three bugs full. Elias and Ipo, you're up. You guys are in the lead. Barely. Okay. So, is, ready? is it this? Is it this the last uh, question? No, it's six each. Whoa. Okay, oh, we can, six we each. We can reduce. We can. We can reduce it to four each. <laughs> okay, ask us the question. Okay. The player with the most defined jawline. Defined what? <gasps> jawline. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm tempted so... to say fake. That's so offensive. <laughs> but that, remember last time she was like the person with the slantiest eyes, and I was yeah, like, that's fucked and, up. Uh, yeah, picky um, ears also. Uh, jawline. Point, pointy ears. I remember. So, whoever's got like chiseled facial features. <laughs> what game would that even be? Is there like a game yeah, no, about like carving about stone? Maybe about sharks like Joe's. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to say it sounds fake because it sounds something like she would uh, uh, make up. I agree with you. Let's go with mm. that. Fake. Fake. Correct. Okay, so the actual rule I was inspired by was the player with the longest neck. And Ooh. now you guys, ha you can get a bonus Great. point That's by guessing even the more game. Offensive. So I guess that means you can't play with like giraffes and shit, whatever. Um, so you want someone with a chiseled? I think longest neck. Yeah. What? What would that be? My first what? thing is like giraffes. And the first thing oh. I think of with giraffes, a couple of covers that have giraffes on them. I know Inhabit the Earth has a giraffe on it. And I know that one game where you split the animals, like Noah's Ark sort of thing, and then you put them on different boats. I'm pretty sure that one has a giraffe on the cover too. But I can't remember, so I'm not... Man, just for the sequence of thoughts, just applause. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I love it. it. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Or inhabit the earth. Wrong. Obviously. Is it giraffes, uh, the, uh, I don't know, the legacy? 
It's it's guillotine. Oh, oh. That's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's that's bad. terrible. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we love it. Horrific. Okay. Okay, we're gonna do one last round. Okay. okay. So Byron and Arseni, you're up. No, it's oh. three to okay. one and a half. Yeah, we could okay. win this. Yeah, we could, we they could totally win this. Oh, if you, yeah. if you got one and a half, which, yeah. which, which if, if they get both and you get none, what do you mean bo- oh, both? Oh, both. Right. Yeah. yeah, they can get yeah. they can get extra points from the. What's what your, what your be like? Getting uh, the games. The person who rolls the highest die. <laughs> okay, ready. The player who most recently extracted DNA from a mosquito trapped in amber. What the shit? <laughs> Feels real. Like, what, what's a Dino Park game? Uh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, there is one basically. It is basically like Jurassic Park. But you know what? I don't know if I agree with you. I don't think it's real. I think it's based on something that's real and has to do with the park. But I think it's almost too ridiculous. Like. No one extracts <laughs> DNA from a. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Right. No, maybe, no. Quick, maybe. Quick story. Quick story. When I used to work at Emory for the Gates Foundation Research on Malaria, I used to do every month or so. They would bring in mosquitoes, and I would do surgery to extract their salivary glands. Okay. And use that to harvest the sporozoic malaria for testing. So. It is possible to do surgery on mosquito, <laughs> but they no, were but not encased like, in amber. So. Right? Like I feel like I feel like that's too specific and too tongue in cheek. You know, like it's like it's so obviously you know Jurassic place of amusement, copyright mm. reasons. <laughs> copyright. I don't know. Um, well, you got the last one right, so I'm gonna go with whatever you suggest. Uh, it's false. It's, it's not true. It's true. No, <laughs> I would have said false too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's word for word. I copied it. So okay, can wow. they guess or? Because I have some ideas. Too. So, so do you want to guess the game? I don't know the names. I know, I know there are dinosaur park style games. I just it, don't know the names. I know two. I can't decide. Was so I was hoping that, you guys uh, would pick purple, one. Purple and green, purple and blue. 70s looking one. What was it called? Dinosaur Island. Is that your final guess? Yeah, I think, I think that's good. Yeah, sure. I'm going to go with Byron. Island. I already let us down. I'm going to let Byron do the rest of the letting down. It's correct. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Well done. So you guys have two and a half points. I Elias thought, and Ipo okay. basically win, whether they guess this one or not. That one, but I couldn't remember the name or Dinogenics because those were the two. Big uh, build your Jurassic um, place, have in, uh, whatever <laughs> <laughs> entertainment center. Take, take so. two. I was okay. shocked by this rule. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, she actually picked a big game. That's that's top fifty, isn't it, or top hundred? Top something. Okay, Elias and Ipo, last one. What you already I? win, but we could just do this one since what I prepared I? it. The player who most recently used a cheesy pickup line. I don't know, bro. I feel like it's that's real. Yeah, I think it, it sounds real because it's fun and it's, it should be a part of a fun uh, little game. No, Par- party people, game. didn't you listen to our last episode? Games are what? not supposed to be fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, call wireless games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna agree with you as well. I, I think it's I think it's uh, true. 
Yeah, let's go through, yeah. Let me say true. Damn, four points for yeah. Elias and Ipo. Ipo, baby, well we should be farther than ever. <laughs> I have no okay. idea what the game is. Okay, you guys Sorry, I let guess you the down, game? Byron. Um, it's fine. The I'll funky monkey down. zebra house. <laughs> uh, Ipo, you want to guess the game? I don't think Elias uh, <laughs> has anything going. Can you try guess it for half a point? Yeah. Rendezvous yeah. the game. No. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What was that Greek game about the strip club? The the Greek? one made by Artipia or whatever they're called. Dima can ask and I try try and guess yeah, like, the game for like half a point. Tits Incorporated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Byron and Arseni, you're up. What? No, what's not People fair? guessed wrong. I'm sorry, you've never let us guess after they got it wrong. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, not one. Never. Yeah, not remember once. Black Sheep, remember? No. Yes. You didn't yeah, let you, us guess. Actually, you forgot after the Black Sheep to ask us, but oh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, fine, whatever. Did, if they get it, I'll be impressed the... anyway. <laughs> I I think it's yeah. Fog of Love. Oh, good one. No, it's not. Oh, Is it, wait, I would know that. I know, I, I, know, we, like I, know we didn't get, I know we didn't get the point, but is it Pimp the Backhanding? <laughs> no. It's actually it. called Bombshells. Never heard of it. Oh, okay. wow. Well, on, on that one. Is it some yeah. 80s adult game? <laughs> You know, sexy adult party. 2007, actually. Also, no ratings on PG. My, my family had a my family had a low chest of board games growing up, and I love that they didn't like hide this. But there was like Monopoly, Risk. There was Axis and Allies. But one of the games that was in there was called Strip, and it was just like a black and white box, and you would have a board, and it was early 80s stuff, and it was double like you know the sideboards, <laughs> the double boards, yeah. right? This shit was in the 80s, all right? And then you'd slide tiles into it, which would be different parts of their clothes. And then as Ooh. you play the game, you'd be stripping them and they'd be naked under them. Oh, oh my man. God. And I'm like, Jamie Stegmeier stole that idea. He looks pretty stripped. You heard it here first when the controversy comes in. Thank you so much, Dima. That okay, was a lot folks. Of fun. So winners are Elias and Epo. Arseni and Byron, thank you for joining us. <laughs> yeah, we came in well second. done. You guys you guys did well. Came <laughs> we in get second. a participation prize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, two and a half points. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much, Dima. It was a really fun game. <laughs> thank did you guys hear that? Does anyone hear that? Oh. Hear what, what is that? I haven't heard it, it, it in a while. Sounds, oh, Arseni, do you even know this song? <laughs> yes, this sounds you like know, Canadian Buzuki. Oh, are we doing Canadians for this one? <laughs> Is it the arsenic corner? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. The, the, the con <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's time for the Hippocratic Corner! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maple syrup. Maple syrup. Maple syrup. Maple syrup. Guys, welcome to another Hippocratic Corner. This time, after the Canadian bouzouki you just listened to. <laughs> have a... Oh my god, a fine Canadian bouzouki. <laughs> I have, I have, you just need a Canadian version far. of uh, Zorba I'm the Greek. I'm just going to put Zorba the Greek, and then every like two and a half seconds, someone will say, Maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Just need Zorba the Greek from a from a Montreal band or I Zorba guess. the Greek salad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
For this Hippocratic Corner, Arseni has a great idea about an amazing top three. Pass to yeah, Arseni. This is how you pick a top three, guys. This is how you pick a top three. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know, what, be- what, what better way to reconnect with old friends uh, than to <laughs> talk about... <laughs> than to talk about the top three games that ruined friendships. And I know any that game played with me. I, I no, not not specifically games you played with Elias. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, but um, you know, I thought so. I'll, I'll go first because you know I'll just explain kind of what my criteria were when I uh, when I made my list. Um, and the list I made with, I decided you know I'm not gonna go with top three games that induce rage because that's already been done. <laughs> Um, and and also, you know, games that induce rage, you might get rage. You might be really angry at the game, not other people, right? And and you understand that, oh, you know, it's not the person's fault that you're getting dicked by the game. Anyway, so yes, Dima, uh, decided, it's not my fault. It's the game's fault. <laughs> but I decided I'm going to go with three games that I had literally seen and friendships. Uh, and I think all oh. of these games have a good chance of ending friendships. Now there were some, you know. Obvious choices, you know, Game of Thrones and diplomacy and things like that. But here's my three games that I actually saw and friendships. And not in the way like, are, oh, are I'm not going to talk to you. Are they back together again? No, like people did not get back together <laughs> as friends. Like, like these games ended friendships. Whoa. But I think, so I'm, I'm not going to name any names, but it's actually nobody. Oh. It, does, it does not. It, oh. Name it those does. names. Name those. <laughs> Okay, so first game on so first game that ended a friendship that I actually saw. It was Byron, wasn't it? End of, no, <laughs> no, because I'm sure that all of you probably have played this game and have probably all hated it. Uh, and that game is Munchkin. Oh God! Ugh, I, I hate Munchkin. I mean, yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? I, I, I hate Munchkin, but remember, back in like 2002, 2003, that was a hot game, and everybody was playing Munchkin. And I had literally yeah. seen a game of Munchkin come to physical blows where one player had to be restrained, Whoa. had to be escorted out because this was like during like a board game, kind of not a convention really, but sort of like that, like on the university campus. And the person had to be restrained and escorted <laughs> out. And he and the, uh, and the person he punched had never spoken again. And yes, they were... <laughs> Friends, bef- like casual friends, but they were friends beforehand. So that's my Munchkin story. Wow. Um, Byron, don't say it. Don't say it, Byron. Sec- <laughs> um, second game on the list is probably an obvious one. And that is, co- and it's not really a game, but whatever. It's sold as a board game. So Cards Against Humanity. Um, and Who gets mad in Cards Against Humanity? Here's, here's it's the pretty thing. controversial. You need an open mind when you play okay, the game. Okay, but if you're playing the game, you should yeah. understand that this is a re- like really stupid game. Yeah, like but this. you know, yeah, I, absolutely, I agree with you, right? But it's often the habit, like I've played it enough to notice that many people will then try to push the joke. Like, okay, they put the cards together, cards together, right? And then they just like continue the joke in some way that's not on the card. Mm. And mm. it kind of revealed certain. I was taste. playing it. I w- yeah, I was playing it with certain friends that I hadn't seen in a really long time, 
And, you know, it was kind of like one of those re- reconnecting things. Like, hey, we haven't seen each other in many years. Let's get together. That's and then the problem. Somebody... You, shouldn't, you shouldn't see your old friend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, Don't well let's just say after that, after that game, we did not want to see one of the people who played with us because him coming up with a certain homophobic card combination that led to him making oh, other no. jokes on top of it. And in the meantime, one of the other players had come out since like in the intervening oh, part no. and that so he was not invited <laughs> um so byron yeah. inter- uh, byron's entertainment only yeah. and <laughs> and the last game that i picked and uh this one has a bit of a happy ending because the people did become friends again but it took months for them to to, to do that to, to rebuild those bridges and that was magic maze um really yeah, because one player just could not stop literally yelling at one player <laughs> specifically, you know? No, but and, are, you're not allowed no, to but, talk, right? In Magic Maze? I mean, like, you, there's, is, there's a brief moment. the idea moment. that you there's have a, that little exclamation mark thing that like... Right, yeah. But you are allowed yeah. to yell after the game. <laughs> and, oh, and, it sounds like a dick. You know, Got it. <laughs> yeah, and basically, yeah, and basically, one person was berating this other person so many times after each game that the other person was just like got up and left, and they did not talk to each other for a few months at least. And then they were like, Whoa. "Okay, this was this was just a silly game, but you know, you are kind of a dick to me." So, uh, and wow. those were my top three games that actually I've seen ruin friendships. So. I think that might be the best list because I don't know anyone that stopped talking to each yeah. other. Because of a yeah, moment. ours are yeah. like more mellow. Yeah. <laughs> more like, All right. mm, I'm so mad at you. Well, let's just say they're not mellow, but people but get over it. You can't know? beat yeah. this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's hear them. Who's going next, Ipo? Uh I'm going next, yeah. Since uh, I can't, nobody can beat... Uh, uh, are sending stories, so <laughs> it's not a competition, Ipo. It's not a it's competition. Like, yeah. I'm yeah, gonna no, start no with uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start with uh, but the if there game, was, you'd win the game <laughs> Pericles, the Peloponnesian Wars. Yeah, mm. <laughs> everybody I remembers that story, the story, right? Okay, so the game I don't is remember. Uh, please remind us. It's uh, yeah, you're, you're just gonna say you've heard the story. Yeah, all our <laughs> listeners, you've heard the story, right? You remember <laughs> it? <laughs> and he's not talking about the Greek Civil War. He's talking about the Peloponnesian War. Oh, it's also the Greek Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> so the game is two two against two players, and I was playing with Basil. Elias uh, was playing with uh, Eugenio, and uh, the game goes like: if Athens wins, the the player with the most points in the Athens uh, coalition uh, wins. And if Sparta yeah. wins, happens the same. So I'm playing Sparta with uh, Basil and uh, we are toe-to-toe uh, and uh, like I'm uh, one point ahead. But Elias is killing Eugenio because Eugenio is so friendly with Elias and he doesn't really uh, being a, bi- a big obstacle to Elias. He's a so, good man. So, so yes. <laughs> See, he's Not really a good competitive man. player. Let's so, put it so, that way. So I'm so frustrated with my opponent <laughs> because he's not stopping Elias. And uh, I go out of line and say something stupid to Eugenio, like uh, you don't really try hard or something like that. Uh, <laughs> and Eugenio is, pissed, Eugenio is pissed at me. Just, just passing judgment. <laughs> Eugenio is pissed off with me. And at the same time, uh, as Basil tells the same story that I didn't remember, he says that I am pissed with you 
because yeah. you you're doing like a big uh I don't remember what exactly No, you I played did. the uh, the card, the one that robs your partner of five points and gives you five points. Exactly, uh, yes. Which is so a he great was not, thing to pull, but it, it, it hurts. Yeah, like, exactly. So he was it, not expecting that. So everybody's pissed off with me now, except Elias, who is just <laughs> laughing. <laughs> and, Who's enjoying it. <laughs> and after uh, all those years, I just want to apologize through this podcast to Eugenia and You Basel. missed the best part. <laughs> what Eugenio the... got up and went to play Samurai Sword. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. We didn't finish uh, the game. <laughs> that was not the best part, as I remember the game, but yeah. He walks wow. away and he says, yeah, I don't want that to play this anymore. That is a really good part, I must say. <laughs> you I think I was playing the Samurai Swords and I was like, wait, aren't you playing the other game? <laughs> yeah. He literally got up, walked around, and just sat on the other side of the table and just started playing Samurai Swords. And I was like, <laughs> uh, we've been doing this for a couple hours <laughs> so that was on me uh, my other two games actually my number two game is Game of Thrones I think many people wow. have, a, have an experience uh, a bad experience uh, with this game really? uh, I've, I've never had a bad experience with I remember when I like stabbed you in the back when you're about to. That attack. is not a bad experience. Like, that was didn't hilarious. Take it too personally. Yeah, it oh. depends on the player because most yeah, of the people are taking yeah. it personally. And my number one game is Diplomacy, which is actually the same as Game of Thrones, but it's it's a more serious game and yeah. it it takes really more time to play the game. So the backstabbing really hurts. Awfully. And, yeah, and I've know heard people, it's the worst. And you know people that stop talking to and each other. And I know people that uh, actually stop talking to each other for one week. And they didn't <laughs> was play... Was it one week or three months? It no, was it's one, the lie it was yeah, one yeah, week. And they didn't play a game with each other for six months. <laughs> oh my and God. those two people were siblings. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Uh, so that was uh, my top three. So who Breaking wants to go next? Families. <laughs> I'll go next because I'm a little bit similar in my my top three. Um, so my number three and two, it's more of like you, I've given specific games, but you can extrapolate it to a larger category. Three is my most unique take, which is something I felt before, and I know other people have felt before. I've I've never I've only seen, I've been I've I've been the proponent of anger in this game once or <laughs> twice. Um, and in one versus many games, you sometimes if you're the one and everybody is talking shit, <laughs> sometimes you really feel like steam coming out of your ears. Like, especially when they're like, they've so obviously figured out your strategy and you feel really stupid <laughs> talking shit about you. <laughs> and you're like really angry. Now, the one I was thinking of was Days of Ire, Budapest 1956. Um, oh, yeah, I remember because- playing that with you. Yeah, I think that was the game where, where you shushed me, Arsani. <laughs> no, no, um, but go on, go on. Okay, so the point of that game is, unlike a game like Letters from Whitechapel, Fury of Dracula, where really all you're doing is moving and stuff, you're playing, as the one player, you're playing like light Twilight Struggle. <laughs> so in your head, you're going through like some pretty heavy shit, and all these idiots are doing are playing Pandemic and talking shit about you. <laughs> and you're like, man, like... that, that, that. So I've, I've definitely felt like fury on the 
inside and of course sometimes on the outside <laughs> while playing <laughs> Days of Iron Budapest 1956. So that's one of the ones. Arseni, what did you want to point out there? No, because we didn't play Days of Iron at your place. We played it at uh, the camel. Oh, a cheeky camel. And it yeah, was yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was at your place that I shushed you. So that's why I <laughs> that's why I remember oh, it. I oh, remember it's a it so vividly. Shushing incident. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm the point sure it was is, just the one. I learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, some people are crazy. I feel like no names traumatized. To, there's no need to mention any names, guys. Some people, when they're the one, they feel ganged up on a little bit, and sometimes things can happen. Okay, all right, let's move on. Yeah. My number two. <laughs> Is diplomacy style games, but not diplomacy. Subterfuge, the app game. Okay, it's oh, cheating a little bit. Oh my goodness! Oh, you're that cheating. That's no, no, no. It's a board that game. Bad. It's a board game in real time. Okay, stop talking, Epo. Is it so a board point... game? Now? <laughs> look, look. <laughs> I didn't know that's a board game. Well, it's not a board game, but whatever. I'm, I'm getting to my point. Okay. Subterfuge is based on diplomacy, right? So the idea is. You will get fucked over. You will have alliances that happen. But it's so good because it's played over the course of a week in real time. So you can like set your programmed subs to attack different mines while you're sleeping, right? And then while you're sleeping, someone could wake up if they're crazy at three in the morning and intercept stuff. But the reason I always bring this up is in that one game we played, we had three rage quit incidents. <laughs> The first was Byron. Yeah, that was I'm not epic. proud of it, but Byron <laughs> thought he was such a fucking genius. He came to me <laughs> and AK and he's like, We are gonna take out Ricardo's mine over here. Okay. It was and a good plan. It was, but then you decided to bring Ipo in on it. <laughs> so you Which brought Ipo in on it. Don't ever not already Ipo. knowing that Ipo and Ricardo had already created a formal relationship where they were gonna ally with each other. So Ipo tells Ricardo, and Ricardo, with support from Ipo and Mo, preemptively strikes and decimates Byron. <laughs> the thing that really stuck out in my head is when you're leaving the game, you can quit any time. You, what you do is you send your weapons and your subs to your allies. And me and AK, who sacrificed quite a lot for Byron's war on Ricardo, <laughs> deserved a little something, and Byron rage quit. And all his stuff was just left there for the taking. And who was right next to him? Ricardo and Hippocrates. So See, if I had Byron known quit, the whole rule. game was slanted. <laughs> then AK rage quit a day later. But <laughs> AK sent me stuff. So I can appreciate that. <laughs> and then my favorite moment of all this He's is genial. Eugenio <laughs> realizing that he was about to be attacked by the, the huge alliance of Ipo, but, um, uh, Ricardo, and uh, Mo. Mo. And just fucking kamikazing every. <laughs> he just sent. It was the most beautiful rage quit I've ever seen. He sent everything out to die. <laughs> but he was like, "If I'm going down, I'm taking as much of you down as I can." And it was wonderful. It was a great game. I stayed till the end. Mo won the game because he was also my ally. I didn't know he was playing both sides at the same time. But um, we had a wonderful time. But definitely, like Byron was angry. <laughs> when I saw Byron, wait, so wait, wait. AK. And so AK was AK. Was so mad. When we brought up the game, they didn't want to talk about it. Like they were angry, you know. I still don't so want to that's... talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Elias, the... yeah. may I say that this is the one game that you cannot say that we had a wonderful time? I had a wonderful time. 
really yeah, most of the people I didn't. A wonderful time listening to all these stories. I don't get stories. upset when people attack me in game really? because I'm Does a very it? aggressive player. So like it makes sense. Now, my number one, the reason I wanted to go after Epo, is Pericles, the Peloponnesian war. <laughs> because that story of with Eugenio leaving is just one story. I'm not going to take too much time because I talked a lot on Subterfuge. But the first time I remember we played the game, Basil texted in the group chat and he goes, I know I won the game and I'm driving home and I'm so angry. <laughs> and it was so funny because he won. I don't know why he was so angry. And we've had that incident. We've had basically if you play this game and Epo's your partner and you cannot take being fucked, um, <laughs> you will have a bad time. Because yeah. I played with Epo as my partner and I was winning the game. And in the last move, he did that move, which stole a bunch of points from me. And he, but it was the right move. Like, I can't be mad at that. Yeah. But that's what Epo has been mad. Everyone's mad at Epo for doing that. Everyone that's ever played with Epo has said he's a dick. And that's what Welcome but to I, Greek politics. But I respect it. I respect it. I respect you, sir. And I love Pericles. So... I love it. Too, yeah. the Peloponnesian Wars. If you play it with Epo, you might end your friendship. <laughs> and that's my top three. <laughs> Byron, right. do you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. My top three, because I'm I'm a nice guy and, and I don't normally end friendships because I find them to be actually quite valuable. <laughs> <laughs> I decided my you. top three would be games that could end friendships under the right circumstances. So and coming in at number three. Star Wars Rebellion. Oh, fuck you, Byron. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to come up. I knew it. You're triggering Ellie. <laughs> right, okay, go, go, go. Tell them the story. So, so fun rules in the game that's not printed in the rule book is don't click your tongue at your opponent and don't click your fingers like, he's, like, he's a, like you're calling don't a dog. Don't snap at him. Because that would really just be against all rules of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them what happened. Do, do we want to guess who the opponent you're referring to is? <laughs> you you can. Um, <laughs> but th there was another opponent which he threatened to punch. So it, it was all in all, out of the four of us, I was I the only one that wasn't to punch him. I said we could take it outside so he could defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, not... <laughs> yeah. That's much better. Good job. It's not my fault. What was the line from Andre the Giant? It's not my fault I'm the biggest and the strongest. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that the time you played it with Ricardo? That, oh yep, my god. That was the time. That's the yep, one, yes. yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was I, a four-player game. Yeah, I was in the room. I was in the room we were oh playing some god. other game and I remember we were like turning around and we were like what are they like uh, Arsene, how have you maintained communication with me? Like all your experience <laughs> What is me. wrong with you? It's like rage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh so that was my I number three. I do play games sometimes and not get mad. <laughs> <laughs> You've I swear Star Wars lot, Rebellion wouldn't be that anger-inducing. It just depends who you play with. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, right. it also goes, it's similar to what he said about like letters from Whitechapel, where if your opponents figure out what you're doing and they're talking shit about you, <laughs> <laughs> you can get quite irritated. Like, okay, I know you know that I'm on that planet, but leave me alone. Let me, let me do my own thing. <laughs> uh, that being said, we did end up winning with a with a nice uh, yeah, planet we buff. Did. 
Uh, we got around it. May I say that I had this experience with uh, by playing home alone? Uh, I was alone against you. All I don't remember. It was like five, and you were talking shit up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not alone. Not alone. I said home alone. Yeah, no, not alone. And yeah, I, so I totally understand what you're we saying. We were talking so much. We were talking we were so like, much trash about it. <laughs> we were like, man, Ipo really sucks at this game, does it? <laughs> yeah, that was one part next, of the problem. My next game in number two that could have ended a, a friendship, or in this case, a relationship, is Battlestar Galactica. Are you just oh going to pick on me? Goodness. Is that your goal for this, just to pick on me? <laughs> In Battlestar Galactica, that, hidden hit role. Some some people are Cylons, some people are not. If you're Dima, <laughs> you're you're a Cylon. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's all you can be. I wasn't a Cylon. Oh my Although god. Although to my credit on that one, I did not raise my voice or get mad or threaten anyone. I just kept saying Dima's a Cylon. Before we started the game, it was like a joke, like ah, Dima's a Cylon. Before we started. And then Guys, it just, she it just, left then it the just apartment. Oh my god, I was so mad! I was she so left the mad. apartment because, like, it was, like people in the beginning, people were joking, and then they actually believed it. And I was like, I swear, I swear, I don't know how to prove it. Oh, so oh man! I Anyways. want to say I remember I trusted Elias one hundred percent in that game. My Man. favorite moment is when Ipo so goes, bad. the only person I trust on this table is Elias, and I'm a silent. <laughs> <laughs> and even after the end of the game, I was thinking, I think actually Dima was the silent. I think <laughs> probably I Elias got it, got it wrong. <laughs> I got so mad. I was pushed to the edge that I like did a kamikaze run. Like I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, she tried Fuck to make everybody. him lose. Yeah, which is great for us, Cylon. <laughs> which, which just reaffirmed I'm our like, suspicion that she's a Cylon. <laughs> the good guys just aren't worth saving. And they're like, that's not something a good guy would say. Something <laughs> a frustrated good guy would say. Okay. She left the apartment. <laughs> had to chase her down. You're like, hey, it's okay. I'm sorry. And uh, I promise I won't pick on Elias again. My number one is Twilight <laughs> Imperium. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Which also Elias so could many. have had some ending friendships <laughs> over. <laughs> I Me and remember. Mo had a thing. Me and Mo had a thing. We didn't speak together each other for a week after Twilight Imperium. I want to see if we tally up how many games then... you can end friendships with Elias. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I wasn't ready for this ambush. <laughs> You brought up subterfuge, so... All right, I'm sorry. Cartographers is good. Cartographers is good. Is Thunderworks paying you? Is that what's happening right now? Guys, if you think about it, the common thing uh, between these games is that uh, are games that you invest for a long time to a partnership with somebody. So the longest you you feel this thing, that the, the, yeah. the, yeah. the largest the wound that leaves behind. Very true. All right, Dima. Okay, okay so <laughs> thank you, Byron. Thanks, Byron. That was great. <laughs> My number three is um, Battlestar Galactica, so I'm not going <laughs> to go over it again. My number two is actually Cuba Libre. Um, I played it with Elias, Byron, and Basil. And if you haven't played Cuba Libre, it's, there are four <laughs> factions. And then there's sort of a natural alliance between every two factions. So there's um, the students and the 26th of July that are like 
they're natural allies in the sense that they're they both want to bring down the government and then there's the government and the casinos uh, who sort of yeah the um, syndicate yeah the syndicate and the government that kind of sort like support each other yeah. yeah they like need each other right? yeah the syndicate so, has no strength and the government loses money so so basically i was the syndicate and basil was the government and we're all sort of climbing up slowly, scratching up points here and there. And and so I was building casinos around the northern area. And, and Basil was letting me build them. And I would give him money in return. So we had this agreement <laughs> going. And at one point, green, which was my color, was getting pretty popular on the board. And so Basil was like, oh, like you have a lot of casinos now. And then Elias and Byron <laughs> see that like fear and then start feeding into it. And they're like, yeah, you got to stop her. She's going to win. Like if you just let her like build all her casinos everywhere, I she's going to just so make all this money. <laughs> and Basil's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm like, Basil, we're natural allies. Don't listen to them. They're literally on the opposite side of the map. <laughs> and, and so... Okay, eventually he made the decision to attack my casinos, which was ridiculous because it crippled him. Like, he couldn't put any more <laughs> units on the board because he didn't have well, money. He did, he did, it was his first time playing, to be fair, and he didn't know that the U.S. pulls funding after the first couple of rounds. So he yeah. was rolling in dough. Yeah. And then the U.S. pulls funding. He's like, hey, casinos, you want to it took it took years for that wound to be mended. There's no way that wound is mended. <laughs> no way. He still checks with me. Like every time we're playing a new game, he's like, oh, "We're we're over Cuba Libre, right? Like we're good, we're good." Like, we're over Cuba Libre, but now we've made a new hole with World of Warcraft. You remember that one? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So my number one actually is nothing personal, which is. Super oh. freaking personal, by the way. It, it, it's <laughs> so personal. Like people stab you in the back, and and it's it's personal. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> you're targeting a person. You're actively sabotaging their progress in the game. Oh no, yep. this is and, this one involves me too, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> that was actually the first time Elias backstabbed me in a game. Up until that point, we were playing Euros. This was like our first a merry trash. And um, and I was like, he wanted to be the capo and I had like the run runner up position for the capo and I was doing really well. And he was like, OK, if you give me that spot, then I'll pay you back next turn with whatever. And I was like, OK, great. Oh, I was going to promote the, you to, to pay you back. Oh, yeah. Quick. He was going to promote me to conciliary. So I give him my spot. He takes capo. He doesn't give me conciliary. And that did not go down well. It was me, Elias, and Mo playing. And Saleh. And Saleh. And there was no chance for me to win at this point. Like, I was out. Like, he didn't give me conciliaria. There was no way for I me gave to catch it to up. Saleh. So, and Saleh is like a, a Eugenio kind of player. He's uh, like, yeah. he, he's not very competitive. So what, what I did was, I'm like, you know what? Mo has the best chance of winning. I was like, Mo, take all my money. Mo, take all my stuff. Beat Elias. Whatever you do, just beat him. I don't care. Like, I'll help you in whatever way you need. <laughs> it was really vindictive. And uh, yeah, it's super personal. Yeah. The game is, the, the title of the game is just not, not accurate. Yeah, the first <laughs> wound never heals. 
It doesn't. <laughs> so that's my top three. Man, I need guys, to reevaluate guys, my choices those, in life. Guys, those were uh, amazing uh, games and amazing stories. I'm really happy for uh, the top three that Arseni came up uh, with. And yeah, uh, at the same choice. time, uh, at the same time, I'm very sad because uh, I should come up with something like that, but I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Next yeah. week, your favorite three Euro games. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite three uh, Euro trade games be, uh, around the Mediterranean. Oh my God, I just want to leave this <laughs> <laughs> Or we, we can have the top three boring games where cartographer will be the best mm, or something. That yeah. sounds so yeah. fun. <laughs> we'll hear one of Elias's famous rants. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so our listeners, please let us know your top three friendship ending games on our Twitter account at TT Sessions QA or over at our BGG Guild. Both these links will be in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening, guys. That brings us to the end of this tabletop session. I need to go just reevaluate my life because the last 30 minutes have been, they've been harsh for me, guys. Uh, hear, hearing myself told from a third party is... Um, this, this was actually a top three intervention. It's rough, it's rough dog. It's rough. Uh, I'd like to thank Arseni for joining us. Thank it was so really much for a having pleasure yeah, having you on. Arseni, why don't you tell these guys where they can find you? You want them to check something uh, out? Unfortunately, up? I'm not really on social media because of my profession. You know, I can't be on social media all that much openly. So uh, best you can do is Twitter at uh, A-K-R-I-T-C-H-E-V-E-R. Uh, I mostly tweet about RPGs, books, and uh, board games. Awesome. Uh, all the stuff normal Some people like. Some good shit right there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing controversial. Uh, and that's me. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Arsene. Thank you for having and, me. And guys. Uh, guys, check out our very active Instagram account at Tabletop Sessions. You can see a lot of pictures of cartographers and a lot of pictures <laughs> of the crew. Um, you can reach us on Twitter at TT Sessions QA or join the conversation over at our Board Game Geek Guild. And you can find the link to all of these in the episode description. Please rate us on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts or on your Android podcast app of choice. We'll be back in three weeks. And until then, to quote one of my favorite writers, damn, I really need to apply this one to myself in board games, huh? <laughs> God damn it, you've got to be kind. <laughs> Disclaimer. Say bye, guys. <laughs> bye, guys. Thanks again, Arsene. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you. 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 Thank